0: Man, I'm excited for the word today. Who's excited for the word? Yeah? Woo! <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. All right. I love it. So we uh, obviously have been talking about our message series, the power of, and just, again, the heart, kind of what God really was in the beginning of this speaking to me and, and, and putting on me was how you know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you and me. And that, that implies so many things when you read that. Like you can't get away from this. It's, you, you can't overlook this. When you hear that, it just messes with you because it means so many things. It means that if the same spirit that raised our Savior from the dead so that we could be saved lives in us, then we have that same power. What that means is we can't get off the hook anymore. We can't live a boring, dry, powerless, non-impactful life because that's not the life of, a, of the walk of someone who's following Christ. If If the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in us, then our lives ought to be marked by a demonstration of power, a power that affects everything in every area that we're walking in and that we're called to. There's nothing that we are doing, nothing that we're a part of, nothing that we're led into by God, that his power shouldn't be affecting and also shouldn't be evident in the way that we live those things out. And what's beautiful is it a, it's a power that actually points to our creator, it doesn't point to us. It's one where people can look on and can see evidence of a good, a gracious, and a holy God. And if they'll be open to it, they can find the same forgiveness, the same grace, and the same power for their own lives as well. And that's a beautiful picture. And so when we, when we receive Christ and his spirit comes to live on the inside of us, The Bible says when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved, and his spirit comes to live on the inside of us. We become citizens of a new kingdom. The Bible speaks of our citizenship as of a heavenly kingdom. When the spirit of God lives on the inside of you, it marks you, it seals you, it, it, it defines you as a child of God and as a citizen of God's heavenly kingdom. This is huge because we are in a kingdom of the world. We live in the world. Jesus said, you'll be in the world, but you're not to be of the world, right? So it's like we're living in one kingdom, but we're actually living according to the laws and the principles and the rights and authority how many know when you're a citizen of somewhere, you have rights and privileges because you're a citizen there, right? Paul even said when he went to certain places to minister, he talked about how he was a citizen of Rome because it got him into certain places. It afforded him certain opportunities that citizen, that people who weren't citizens of Rome didn't have. So he leaned on that. Well, when we're citizens, we have rights of that, of that kingdom or of that place that we're a citizen of. So if we're citizens of a heavenly kingdom, we have rights and privileges, we have authority, and we're supposed to live live according to that kingdom while in a different kingdom so that the authority from one subdues the other and puts it on its end, and our foot is over and upon subduing the kingdom that Satan, the prince of the power of the air who works in the sons of disobedience, is at work in here while we're walking in these days. Isn't that amazing? We're bringing the power of one kingdom into another kingdom so that it can continue to be turned over on its end just as Jesus flipped it over when he subdued Satan and he conquered and defeated death with his work on the cross. And that's the way that we're supposed to live. When you read that, the same spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. I don't know about you, but I can't get away from that anymore. That means so many things now for my life that I begin to seek and to search for and to strive. To live according to each and every single day. And last week, We talked about the power of purpose, how the power of God flows into a purpose and a plan that he's created all of us for in our lives. I shared with you some personal details of my own testimony and my own journey around this because the idea of purpose and destiny and God creating me for something big in this world has just lit me on fire and I've just strived and lived to want to fulfill God's plan for my life ever since then, and I burn with passion for that, and I burn to raise people up, to help other people in the way that we teach, in the way that we raise people up, in the way that we reach out and extend in our community, to help people know that, that they have a purpose as well. It's not like some people missed the boat on this one. It's not like a few got it and a few didn't. God's created all of us for a unique purpose and destiny if we'll step into it and walk according to that. And that's where we talk about raising up game changers to help people know that they're created for this uh, heavenly purpose in this world. And so as you walk according to that and you get closer and closer to God and understand more and more of the rights and the privileges and the authority that you have as a citizen of the heavenly kingdom... This is very interesting that ultimately the world in the kingdom of this world ought to start becoming more and more foreign to you. It ought to seem more and more like the place that you're not from. Are you with me? I mean, I go around and I see things in the world. I see things happening and the word of God is in me and his purpose in me. And I see things and I'm like, that's not the way God planned it. That's not what God's will is. Man, that doesn't have to be that way. Man, let's, let's do something about that. I believe God's going to change that situation because that, what's happening there completely contradicts and conflicts what heaven has to say about that situation. So it's like you're a citizen of a kingdom from away from heaven where we're going to go one day where we're not yet, but we're living in this different place. The Bible describes us as sojourners or pilgrims, and it says that we're here for just a short stay. It's a passing by place. This isn't your permanent home. So we ought to live it like that. And we see this place as this isn't my home, this isn't where I this is just where I am for right now. I'm in, but not of. This isn't where my citizenship belongs, and this isn't where I'm going to spend eternity. And so we see things in the world so much differently when we live like we're from a different place. Are you with me? And so we talked a lot about how you know God has created all of us for a unique purpose, and it's important to embrace that and receive that by faith. Let me tell you why that's so important, because you can't live out your purpose, you can't walk in your purpose according to power that you need for your purpose if it just is something that sounds good. If it's a good ideology, if it's a good philosophy, if it kind of makes you feel good some days, that's not enough. It actually has to be something you've heard from the Word of God that has established a substance of faith on the inside of you that says, I know God's created me for a purpose. There's faith in me for that, and now that I have that foundation of faith for the fact that God's created me for a purpose, now out of that place of faith, I can begin to live and walk out that purpose and destiny and see that come to pass throughout all the days of my life. How many people are tracking with me so far today? Amen. Amen. All right. And so uh, if you're taking notes through this message, we're going to finish. This is like part two today of the power of purpose, if you're taking notes, I had four points when I laid this out. And the first point was that you are created for a purpose, that you would receive that by faith. We talked about that last week. Points two, three, and four I'm going to cover today. And I just want to also mention that when we spoke about purpose and building the foundation of faith around it in the first point, that you recognize in the Old Testament We spoke of how there are many things that happened in the physical sense. That were foreshadows, that were uh, indicators and and symbols of things that would come and be fulfilled in a spiritual sense later after Christ completed the work that he did on the cross. And when you looked at the fact that Israel was a nation chosen by God and there was a promise given to them and a covenant made that they they would have a promised land that they would inherit and it would be a land full of milk flowing with milk and honey a land of blessing, that that same promise, that there was a physical promised land in a place, was a a foreshadow of a spiritual destiny, a spiritual promised land, if you will, our purpose in life as sons and daughters of Christ that will be birthed, that will be fulfilled, and that will be completed in and through the work that Christ has done on the cross for us. It's a powerful, powerful truth. When you look at the way the original promised land and the, and the promise began, it was given to Abraham by God, and he said, your descendants and all this land that you'll have, you'll be blessed, and it was given to the nation of Israel. Now think about this for a second because this is really powerful. It was given to the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. They were the ones to inherit the promised land. But Christ comes along. He suffers and dies on the cross, risen from the dead. Now all of a sudden, anybody who believes in Christ can be saved. What happened was that Everyone, including Israel, but even outside of the nation of Israel, were, became what the Bible refers to as grafted in, meaning now all of a sudden we have all become heirs to inherit and receive the promised land, the purpose and destiny that now God has created us for in our lives. Isn't that something grafting in means it's got this one tree... If you can picture it, that's the natural tree that flows up, which is the nation of Israel, the chosen people for that promised land. But then being grafted in means that the trees outside, all of a sudden the branches begin to interweave and grow in to the point where it ultimately ends up becoming one tree. So they're grafted in. And so what that means, why that's so significant, is that the original promised land that was given to the chosen people of God, we are now grafted into as sons and daughters of Christ, given the full power and authority to receive, step into, and inherit that full destiny that God has created you for. Isn't that awesome? Awesome stuff. So we're created for a purpose. You have to know that. So my second point is this. You cannot know or understand or receive anything about your purpose apart from God. You have no ability to receive, to hear, to understand, or to know anything about your God-given purpose from anything or anyone other than the creator of that purpose himself. How many of you have little kids Two, three years old, okay? So I've been in that place a lot. And so when your kids are two or three, they love to, like, draw you these, these pictures, right? And they come running in and, and, Daddy, Daddy, you know, look at this picture I drew for you. Look at this. And it's this page, and it's covered with all these colors and these scratches and these marks, and you're looking at it, and it's full of stuff. And you're like, oh, son, or oh, sweetie, it's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. Uh, well, w- what is it? <laughs> right? That's what you say. You can't make any sense out of it. It is. It's beautiful, but you don't know what it is. And so then they begin to tell you, oh, dad, dad, look, here's you, and, and, and here's mommy being nice to you, and uh, uh, <laughs> as the Lord leads, I, and, so <laughs> and here's all the kids. And uh, here's here's all of us, and here's the sun and the moon and the stars, and here's the sky, and and here's the trees, and all of a sudden here's the birds, they begin to explain to you and clarify for you and reveal to you what the purpose and the design of all this masterpiece actually is. And now. When you hang that on your refrigerator or you stick it in your, in your bulletin board there and you come back and you look at it again, you know there's the birds, there's the trees, there's daddy, there's mommy being nice to daddy, there's the rest of the kids, <laughs> there's all this. And you know it now. You couldn't see it before, but you can see it now. And our purpose, guys, is so much like that. We can't begin to know or understand any of the details of what God has created us for in our lives, the great destiny he has for us. But as the creator of that masterpiece begins to reveal by his spirit to you the things you've been created for, the things you have in the Son, and he speaks them to you and reveals them to you in your spirit, they become faith in you. And then you can look now at your life and you can point them out and you can see them for what they are and for who most importantly you're created to be. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 33, the third verse, it says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Emphasis on do not know. You can't know them apart from him. They don't exist in you before he reveals them to you as far as your understanding. But God will begin to make them clear more and more as you seek him out and understand his ways. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24 says, A man's steps are ordered of the Lord. How then can a man know his own way? Listen to this one. In... Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 in the Message Bible. I love this translation of this. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. You see, it's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. And he had that purpose in mind for you before the foundations of the world were laid. Is that something or what? Listen, you got to know this. God is perfect. And everything that he has created, everything has a purpose. There is nothing of which God has created that is purposeless. Agreed? Everything that God has created has purpose. He created the earth, he created the moon, he created the sun, the water, created the birds, the plants, and he assigned purpose to every single one of them. Think of that and then think about how much more so God, who, who, what is, the, who is the apple of God's eye? It's us. His children. He gave us dominion over all of that. He made us rulers and made everything subject to our rule that he created. So if he's created everything with those kinds of purposes in mind, how much more so the apple of God's eye, his, the, the one who he would send his only son to die for so that he could spend eternity with you, He sent him to the cross so that you could live forever with him. You don't think he loves you? I mean, come on. He did that for you. And if he created you with a purpose, how significant and vast and amazing can you imagine that it would possibly be? Isn't that nothing of which God has created is purposeless? Listen to this one. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10, verse 23. Amplified version. Oh, Lord, I know that the path of, a, of the life of a man is not in himself. It is not within the limited ability of man, even at his best, to choose and direct his own steps. Hallelujah. You see, when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit who would come and bring us new life, He spoke about him, and he spoke of him in a number of ways. He talked about him as a messenger of truth, a spirit of truth, that he would reveal all things to us. He will show, he will uncover, he will reveal this plan more and more to us that he has for our lives. But apart from him, there can be no revealing, because he is the revealer. Are you with me? It says that he is the guide that he will guide us into all truth. He who reveals is also he who guides, who leads, which means he needs to be in front and he needs to be the one leading the way. Are you with me? God wants, he's got this purpose for us and he wants to lead us into it and reveal more and more of it to us as we begin to walk it out. And ultimately, so that he can use us as instruments for his righteousness to accomplish great and mighty things which we could not know or do apart from him now the thing is is that many times when we look at our purpose like this and we see it this way sometimes we we want to just like have all of the, the details and all of the little things figured out, like how's this going to turn out? How's this going to end up? Where, how am I going to do this? What's going to happen if I go this way? Like we somehow, and let, let me suggest to you that this is a false sense of security, but we somehow think that it would make it much easier, that we would be more stable, more secure, if we just knew and understood all of those details ahead of time. How many have realized now that God doesn't work that way, okay? First of all, let me just say that there's so much that goes on in the way God is working and seeing things, and as far as your purpose is concerned, quite frankly, you could never handle it all. None of us could. God couldn't download it all to you and then it actually be beneficial for you. You know why I know that? Because if it were better for you that God would do that, he would do it, (laughs) Because he knows what's better for us than we know for ourselves. So in his infinite wisdom and in his sovereignty, he knows exactly how to reveal and to show and to lead and guide. And almost all of the time, it comes where we see, as Paul put it, through a glass dimly. We see as a vapor, like through a cloud, and what's going on. But we still see, nonetheless. And we can still move and walk and go, which is the key. A lot of times people get caught in this place of complacency where they hold back and they stay stuck and they never venture out. They never step and take big risks for God because they're unsure and they don't know how it's going to work out. Let me just say to you, that's not the way God's called you to live and walk out your purpose. He's called you to live your purpose in a place of faithfulness, faithfulness, that means is that you would step out and take risks for God in the direction you feel him leading you in a way where faith is always required. Are you with me? See, if you got all the details and you knew everything that would happen and how it would happen, it would remove the element of faith, which is the most important part that God wants you to have because it keeps you close to him. Are you, it always kind of comes back to this. Like God wants us to remain close to Him. So He has us walk out our purpose and destiny in a way of faithfulness where we don't know all the details because it requires us to stay close to Him. Not because He needs it, because He knows we need it and that it's best for us. So He lays things out this way. Isn't He smart? He's really smart, isn't He? That's why He is the Father of Wisdom. And we are the receivers of his wisdom. We have to remain close to him. That means we have to step out and take risks and journey into the places that we feel God leading us. Many a times I have said something like this, moving into a new direction. I assure you, your pastor has spoken like this many a times. As sure as I can be, I feel that this is the way the Lord is leading us. As sure as I can be in my spirit. And I move. And I go because I feel that that is the direction that God is calling us. And I know and I've learned that even if I am wrong and even if I am misunderstanding something, if my paramount primary objective is to keep him first and to seek him, that even if I am wrong, he will show me that. And he will protect me and he will keep me safe. He will uphold me by his righteous right hand. He will not let me fall. Because I'm seeking him above all else. That brings me great comfort and it compels me to take risks and move so that I can move for God in the places that he's calling me to. We have to step out. We can't stay back and expect God's plan for our lives to be revealed. In fact, Jesus condemned this kind of mentality. Do you remember the parable of the talents in Matthew 25? Jesus said about the master who gave talents to three servants and then the master went away. And then two of the servants took risks with those talents, multiplied them, grew them, and saw increase. And Jesus blessed and commended those two servants. The master did. And then the other one who took the talent and hid it in the dirt and covered it up so no one could find it, to play it safe so that he didn't lose what he had, he was the one who was condemned because he didn't take risks and he didn't venture out and use it to bring some sort of increase for God, for his master. We have to step out and take risks to move into the destiny that God has called us to. Listen to this. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, it's not like a giant spotlight that just shows you everything, every step of the way, every which way the trail goes and all the scenery and everything else. There's much to be discovered. That's the adventurous part of it. But it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, meaning the word of God absolutely does and always will illuminate, reveal for you the direction that God is calling you into. And it will show you everything that you need to know at any given time for the work that he's created and called you to do. And you have to know that every step of the way. And if you do, it will be enough to keep on walking and moving. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 11, verses one through six. I love this, in the New Living Translation, I love this translation of this, it says, "'Send your grain across the seas, "'and in time, profits will flow back to you. "'But divide your investments among many places, "'for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. "'When clouds are heavy, the rain comes down. "'When a tree falls north or south,' It stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both. Isn't that something? What does that say to you? It says to me, get out there. Get moving. Take some risks for God. Step into your destiny and know that it will always require faith from you every step of the way to walk it out. It's never going to be, so to speak, in our minds, safe. But we will always be protected by the protector. Are you with me? So you can move, you can venture, you can step, you can take chances in order to walk into and see your destiny unfold. And know that it may not be easy. It may not even be certain at every time, everything that's going on. But if you'll move for God and you'll step out there, you'll experience some of the greatest things and the greatest happenings that would ever come to pass that God would want to do in and through your life. We have to take chances and not play it safe. The book of Proverbs says, where there is no oxen, the trough remains clean. But much strength and increase comes by the way of an ox. We can't be afraid to get dirty. We can't be afraid to step out where there might be some risks around us and get out there where the risks are and still know that God is upholding you and walk with him and see him bring you through every one of those scenarios and situations and out victoriously and your purpose begin to unfold more and more as you continue to walk that out. Isn't that amazing? So point one is we have to know we have a purpose. Point two is we have to realize we can't understand anything about our purpose apart from God. Number three is that it's only by God's power that he can actually sustain and empower us to walk out our purpose. There's no strength in you In order to be able to do that, it's only by the power of God that you can walk out the purpose that he has created you for. Peter said this, he said that God's divine power has given us everything we need for both life and godliness. Your physical life here on this earth, and your eternal life for what is still yet to come, which might I again remind you is the fulfillment of the purpose in the plan that God has created you for. This life, this side of heaven is only a fraction of what your purpose, was, what you were designed and created for. God created you to spend eternity with him. He created you to be in heaven with him throughout all of eternity. And that's the fulfillment of our purpose. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life here in this earth and all the matters pertaining to life and godliness, to live in a godly way and to see the fulfillment of our promise when we go to be with Jesus in heaven one day. His divine power has given us everything that we need for that. In fact, we don't need anything else. This is a myth. This is a lie that Satan would feed people, that they need something other than God. That they need God, maybe, but they also need X or Y or Z. This is a lie. This will confuse. This has resulted in much false doctrine and false teaching all through the ages and churches. This is a lie from the pit of hell. You have to get a revelation. We need a revelation, Lord, today, a revelation of His sufficiency. Sufficiency. It was so important that God saw it fitting to speak this to Paul. Remember, He said, My grace is sufficient for you. And that word sufficiency, what you find, it means everything that you need comes from me and you will find it in me there's nothing that you could ever need for life for godliness for anything there's nothing that you could ever need that can't be found in god that's his sufficiency and in addition to that his sufficiency means this everything that you need it can't be found anywhere else but god that's what his sufficiency means He's the only one. It's the preeminence of God. It means he's above all and before all. He's in first position. We have to live our lives that way. We can't rearrange that order ever and expect things to fall in line in our lives. God won't be second. He can't. He's got to be first. It's his nature. He's preeminent. Are you with me? He will only be first in our lives and he won't force us to make that choice. But if he's not, if any thing else is in front of him or ahead of him, then it will confuse and disrupt and ultimately destroy everything else that is happening and flowing out of those areas of our lives. That's why he's got to be first in your relationships. That's why he's got to be first in your finances. That's why he's got to be first in everything that you're living and doing, because if he's the one that's number one, then everything else can actually be put and flow in its proper order after that. He is fully sufficient, guys. It's through his power That everything that we need can be accomplished for our purpose and our destiny. You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all, all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. He's the director. We just have a part in the play. We didn't write the script, and we're certainly not directing. He is the one who leads, who guides, and who empowers. And when we put our faith in that, it will sustain us, it will strengthen us, and it will direct us every single step of the way. Amen? Amen. Listen to this in Psalms chapter 20, verse 4 May He grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all. Of your purpose may he fulfill all of your purpose do you notice the language it doesn't say may you fulfill all of your purpose It says may he grant you your heart's desire which might I add he puts there to begin with he gives us the desires of our heart and then he will fulfill those as we remain close to him but again guys it's always about staying close to him as we choose to walk this thing out yeah, I know when we go places, sometimes it's really crowded and busy, and there's a lot of people and a lot of things going on, and then you throw on top of that, we've got six kids running around, right? So we go in these places, and I've got six kids as their daddy that I'm looking after. And when there's a ton of people and a ton of things going on and all this stuff, I'm just a lot more like mindful of where my kids are. And you know what I almost always say to them? Kids, stay close to me. Kids stay close to Daddy, and they're so they don't necessarily understand all the dangers, all the challenges, all the pitfalls, the reasons why they need to do that. And I try to get them to just trust me because I know that it's better for them because when something's happening or something's going wrong, I can kind of pull them in, right I, i'm I'm protecting them, I'm watching over them. and I can only do that so long as they remain close to me. Are you with me? I've even seen my kids in some places where it was really crowded and they managed to slip away or kind of get out from being close and then I could still see them, but they can't see me and they look around and then they think that they're lost and then panic begins to set in on their face. You ever been there before? And it isn't until they hear me, baby, daddy's right here. And they feel that joy and they come running back to dad and then they realize, oh my gosh, I need to stay close to dad heavenly father is that way he's saying to you he's saying to you not because he needs it because you need it and i need it stay close stay close to me i'll show you everything you need to know i'll protect you i'll guide you i'll be with you just stay close to me don't get away from me you see, Israel made that mistake. They never stepped into their promised land fully, they never inherited their destiny fully. Because they stepped out from under God. They steered away from Him. They got away from being close to Him and went into places that took them distant from Him. And as soon as they did, nothing but destruction continued to happen for them. And as soon as they came back to God, as soon as they restored that relationship, immediately He began to bless them and restore all the things in their land and in their nation and all of that. Where else can you possibly be And be safer and more in the will of God than right next to him, close to him, and in that relationship of intimacy all the time that he's calling you to. Isn't that amazing? And as we do, and then that faithfulness is walked out, where we're in faith knowing that God's got us. He's got us, and I trust him, and I want to have to have faith. I, I need that. I want that, God. And so as we do, listen, faithfulness... Produces fruitfulness. You know, you're created to produce fruit. I mean, Jesus said this. He says that he, he said to the disciples, I want you to go and to bear fruit, because by doing this, you glorify my Father in heaven, and then you prove that you're my disciples. Isn't that something? By producing fruit in your life, you expose evidence that you're a follower of Christ. And the fruits of the Spirit, fruits that come from God, are unmistakable. They're never rotten, and they always improve and enrich the atmosphere. They can't be produced by any other source than by Christ himself. And so if we look around, look at our lives, let's do a fruit inspection. Right? What what does your life look like? What do you see around it as evidence of fruit that's being birthed? Because I'm going to tell you this as your pastor and I say this to myself if you're walking in the will of God, there should be fruit all around you. And if there's no fruit, might I suggest that you need to step back and you need to get closer to God and you need to begin to seek him for the direction that he has for you because where he leads, fruit abounds. Fruit abounds. And Jesus said he, said, he said, a tree is known by its fruit. You can judge it by its fruit. And when we see the fruits of the spirit of our heavenly father being produced in our lives, listen, find hope and find faith and assurance that you may not get every little detail right, but you're walking with the Lord. You're close to him. And his plan for your life is unfolding. His purpose for you is being fulfilled. And he's proud of you. And he loves you, and he continues to tell you, stay close to me. And more and more is yet to come. Your latter days are always greater than your former days. Praise Jesus for that. Amen. And they can always say that and continue to still look ahead and look forward. And that will always be the case because our greatest days aren't until we get to the other side anyway. Our our later days are always better than our former And so, point number three is God's strength is what sustains and empowers us to walk out our purpose, no strength of our own. And then my last point that I want to make, point number four, is that our individual purposes, our individual unique destinies are all a part of one bigger plan. He is the chief divine architect. And he is constructing a plan that has everything to do with building his kingdom. And we are a part of that. We play a role and we play a part. That is good to know because it reminds me that everything that's going on is always bigger than just me. And even a lot of the things that I can't see and understand aren't even anything else other than there's just too much happening outside of me that I just simply cannot see in my natural mind. While we're here on this earth, there remains a veil. There remains an element of things that we simply just cannot see, that will be pulled down when we get to heaven and we'll see all for what it is. And I think it will all become pretty clear and make sense and we'll realize so much of what was happening along the way. But in this life walking forward, we just have to accept and know that we won't know every detail. But it's enough to just have faith, stay close to God, and know that he is always doing great things and will continue to do great things in your life, and that he has a purpose prepared for you, and that that purpose fits into a bigger purpose, that he is always about the business of working. Peter spoke of it like this. He says, all of us who know Christ are like living stones, Living meaning made alive in the spirit, spiritually reborn, Christ's life, living and flowing on the inside of us. Not dormant dead stones, living stones. He says we're like living stones and Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation of it all. And get this, but all of us, all living stones, all different members playing a different role and a different function are all being fitted together together to build what he calls a spiritual house. Isn't that amazing? That's God's big plan. And we have our own plan, our own destiny, but we're just a stone. And we fit in to a masterpiece of what God is doing. And I love that. I love that my life is really just a tool. It's an instrument that God can use to accomplish something much greater and bigger. Than I can possibly ever know and see and that I am required to live in a place of faith and of trust and assurance every step of the way that he is with me and that he is working and that I'm remaining close to him. And as I do, the, the mysteries of my path and of my purpose will become more and more clear, but I will see it all for what it is on the other side, anxiously awaiting and can't wait to see when I get to heaven, what Jesus has for me, and I really believe, folks, that you, that I, all of us, when we get there, there's a, the a saints in heaven, it's a community in heaven. Bible refers to it as the new city and that the saints are there and we inhabit the city and we're there and Christ is with us and we're always giving glory to him and honor. We're never outside of his presence. The glory of God radiates through heaven all the time. Do you know there's no sun or moon or anything in heaven because the glory of God shines all the time. We are never outside of the glory of God or his presence. There is no sin, there is nothing and we will be able to glorify him forever and ever. So the fulfillment of our purpose is still yet to come. And I really believe that when we get there, we're going to look around, and we're going to meet people, and we're going to see people, and we're going to know things that are going to give us an indication that if we walked faithfully, and we did what God was leading us, and that he used us, and that we walked out our purpose and destiny in this life, that there will be multitudes there who will be there Because of the way we lived our life and the way God used us Even as simple as something like say an offering Let's say you take up an offering for a a missionary And the missionary goes into a third world country And a place where they've never heard the gospel And he shares the gospel and those people get saved And they know Christ and they begin to live out their purpose And they're in heaven one day and we get there and God led us to give, let's say, into that offering. I'm just giving an example, okay? But you get there, and that person who's a part of that village or that group of people that now is in heaven and come, I believe they're going to know every single person who gave an offering, who contributed, who had a part in getting that missionary there to hear the message because every individual was a living stone playing a part in one thing that God was trying to do. And I think that will all be revealed and be able to be seen. I say, this person that gave, this person, this person, the person that went, the person that shared, the person that arranged everything for them to be here, like everybody played a part, and I'm here because that whole thing came to pass. We are all fitted together for a big plan. And I'll just leave you with this. No one else can fulfill your destiny. No one, except for you. You're not going to get to heaven, and God say, I wish you would have been a lot more like so-and-so. I wish you would have walked in someone else's destiny. He's just going to say, oh, I, whether he you, you did or not, I'm proud of you. You were all that I created you to be. You walked in the unique purpose and the destiny that I created you for. No one else can fill your shoes. You're custom-made, you're tailor-made, uniquely fitted, and also, not just for the talents and the gifts and what God has in you. Listen, you're custom-fitted for the exact era that you live in. The Bible says that. It says that God knew the times and the seasons and the dispensations in which men would be born and would live. If you ever caught yourself saying something like, I should have been born 100 years ago or I should have been born here... That's you showing your inability to know God's plan for your life, right? I've done it. I've said that. But God knew exactly the ages of time and the years that each and every one of us, with our gifts and our talents and abilities that he created us with, it wasn't just this, t- this location, this people. It was these years, this amount of time, these amount of days, and for this point of all of the time that existed before heaven and earth pass away and eternity sets in. Stand to your feet with me today, please. Does that excite you? I mean, does that empower you and strengthen you to know God has purpose for your life? You can't know it apart from him. He empowers you to walk it out, and it's a part of a bigger plan. I love that. Father, in Jesus' name, today, Lord, as we draw close to you and you draw close to us, Help to keep us in your will, God. We need you. We need your strength in order to walk every single day out, Lord. It's because of you that we even take a breath and we have air. It's because of you that our body just continues to pump blood and to do all of the things that it does. You take your finger off of the universe for one minute and chaos sets in. You sustain us, and you sustain everything. God, help us to walk every day more and more mindful of your will for our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the revealer. You are the guide, and you are the source of all power. We thank you that you consider us worthy, God, to call us son. Our daughter and we thank you so much that you created us with a unique purpose we want to please you Lord we want to serve you we want our lives to be used as instruments sharp precise and accurate to accomplish your bigger plan overall here in this world help our hearts to break with the things that your heart breaks for God Help us to recognize the opportunities, divine opportunities and doors that you're trying to open and give us the strength and the courage to move and step forth.